Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodhart O. Equeme. Very quickly, turn to Genesis 26 and Lamentations 3. Genesis 26, verses 18 and 19. And Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Genesis. And Isaac digged again the wells of water. Let's read together. Multimedia, please help us. All right, thank you. One, two, three, go. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servant digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. So we never dig again. Lamentation 3, 22, 23. It is of the Lord's mercy. I want to hear you now. One, two, three. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassion still not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great to redeem the wealth of revival. Our Father and our God, we bend our knees, we lift our hearts and our hands unto you. The giver of life and the sustainer of the life that you give. Knowing fully well that there is one who draws near unto you will not respond by drawing near. Today I beseech you again, my Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven and on the lips and the tongues of clay of your seven sons that this day I will come to your people with a word from the throne of grace. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplation, and memory to speak expressly, thus said the Lord. As you speak through my lips, move every man, boy, and girl in this room, and the multitude in the nation. From where we are, to the place you reserve for us in this context, and we bow to you in the praise and the glory. In Jesus' wondrous name, we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. You may please be sitting in God's wonderful presence. Grace to redeem us the well of revival. For the past few weeks, we've been on a journey on discovery or rediscovery of this subject matter of revival. This very interestingly is a core mandate and assignment of this ministry. Revival. Are the grace of God to carry the touch of revival to cities and the nations of the world. And two things have come to bear, we've come to understand is this, that revival has two sides of a coin. Number one, revival is something that happens based on the sovereign will of Almighty God. 
It is God alone who can ignite the fire of revival. You can cajole God. You can compel God. You can manipulate God. You can even attempt to intimidate God to revive anything or anybody. It is by something real. But number two, we see also that a man that will be revived needs to be rightly positioned and poised to receive revival from God. There are seven steps that man who desires revival needs to take to be a partaker of the revival that God Himself is going to initiate amongst men. It does seem very clear there is something about the mercy of God, something about the grace of God that pertains to revival. You heard me say over and over again, it is for man to dig a well, but it's for almighty God to cause water to flow from the well. It's okay to make the effort to dig. You must dig. You should dig. You ought to dig. But you see, you can't compel the flow of water. It's only by mercy, by grace, and by the sovereign will of almighty God. Saints, as we journey in life, as we journey with God in life, pursuing revival, pursuing the glory of God, we need to come to a place of dependence on God as being the one who initiates revival and sustains revival. You see, there is so much human effort and human labor can do. It comes to a point where your strength is extended or expired. And oftentimes, at the point when your strength is extended or expired, the grace and the mercy of God kicks in. And perhaps there is somebody under the sound of my voice this precious Sunday morning. You feel as though your back is against the wall. You, you've labored here. You've called there. You haven't quite seem to have seen the commensurate result of your labor and your thought. I've got good news for you today. The strength of God is about to kick in. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 2 verse 9, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall he shall be silent in darkness. Hear this. For by Friends, shall no man and no woman prevail. Wow. I want those who are to sink into your heart and into your spirit that by strength and by effort and by labor shall no man prevail. As commendable as your effort is. As much as we're going to applaud your effort. We find here that it's a place in our work with God that your effort and your labor can prevail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see that we just need to position ourselves to receive of what God himself has done. We are not the doer. We don't create it. We don't begin it. We, be, be, we, don't, we don't start it. We don't conclude it. It is by his sovereign will, his mercy and grace that Revival can be birthed amongst people. Very important. You see, it's important to begin to lay this balance to our teaching because sometimes we, we, we think 
we are the ones who are going to create the way. No, sir. I said, oftentimes, no, it is for God to create the ways of revival. And He's doing so all over the nation of the world. He's more eager that the earth is filled with His glory than you are eager to see His glory to the earth. So He's eager, right? But our responsibility is to throw our tails and let the waves carry on. Keep releasing the waves, but it's going to release your tails for the wind to come beneath you and to carry you. What about pilot sex in logic? Is the Quran 4 verse 6? It says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. It's the word of the Lord to you the Sunday morning. Saying, beloved, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of all. Not by my mind, not by my power, not by your strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And, and he said, Who art thou, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? All right. And he said, Thou mountain shall come tumbling down with shouts of grace, grace, or shouts of mercy and mercy. So it is a shout of mercy and the shout of grace that pulls down the mountains before men. No matter how big a mountain is, when there is a release of a shout of grace and mercy, that mountain is going to come down. And I believe that this Sunday morning, Whatever mountains hitherto have been staring you in the face, hitherto from January 1, as we lift a cry for mercy, as we lift a cry for grace, what mountains are about to come tumbling down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mountain of sickness, mountain of delay, mountain of fear, mountain of weight, whatever names they are called, at the shout of grace, at the shout of mercy, they are coming tumbling down. Start a big Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beloved, whilst many of our sincere spiritual efforts can be greatly encouraged and commended, effort will never replace grace. Effort will never replace mercy. That's the point I'm making here. The Bible says concerning, or in the words of Apostle Paul in the first Corinthians 26, that I, Paul, have planted. <laughs> and Apollos came at the back of my planting, and he watered. But guess what? My planting, as commendable as it is, and your watering, as wonderful as it is, did not have the ability to cause any good. God gave the increase. You have to come to a point of taking rest that you can't bring the increase. You can't on your own produce revival. You can't on your own produce a breakthrough. Your responsibility is to be rightly positioned by doing what you can do. Planting, watching, then leave one God alone to do, to do. Hello, somebody. Do what? To bring about the increase. 
your efforts will never replace mercy or grace of God. I, I want somebody under the sound of my voice to come into a new dimension of rest in Him. He's able, He's willing, and He's set to do what only He can do in your life. Hallelujah. And He wants to do it in a way that nobody, including you, can hear His glory. Nobody, you will know that this is the doing of the Lord if it's mother and I. You know it's not your strength. You know you've expired. You know your faith. You know, you know, you know. But God will pick you up. And you know this is God. So when you set the five, you're not just trying to make God look good. You know that you know. Your back was against the wall, but God picked you up. You were on the floor, and the enemy was about to count number one to ten. But somehow, before number ten came from the mouth of the enemy, you jumped back. You know that's God. Mercy will show up for somebody today. Grace will show up for somebody today. Zechariah, Goodhart, Bandersin, whatever your name is, not by power, not by might, but by what? My spirit, my spirit, my spirit. I believe this day is a day of mercy. This day is a day of grace. Hallelujah. 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 Beloved, God is not looking for perfect people. God is more interested in finding broken people than perfect people. You see, the moment you think you're perfect, that's the moment you're not perfect. Somebody once said, when you come into a church and you're looking for perfection, the moment you come in, you make it unperfect. That means there's no perfect person anywhere, nor any perfect church. Right. So, so we, are, we sometimes <laughs> are trying to work, trying to work our way to the point where we seem perfect for him to you. But he says, I have no need of perfect people. I am perfect people. You can't come to God perfect. Say, come as you are, but you won't leave the way you are. There is that prodigal son this morning who's wondering, can I still make my way back to the heart of the Father? Is there still a place for me in the kingdom? Can I still find a place of acceptance in the heart of the Father? Oh, yes. As a prodigal son, in Luke 15, he made his way back to the heart of the father. And the father was eager and desired to embrace him. Come as you are, but you won't leave the same way you came to him. He's a life changer. Irrespective of where you are, just come to Jesus. No matter what you've done, right or wrong, don't run from him, run to him. Don't run from church, run to church. Praise God. He's the one that will bring salvation and deliverance. Don't run away from him, run to him. Hallelujah. Broken people, not other people. Apostle Paul was one of certain broken people. In 1 Corinthians 15, 10, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. By what? By grace or by mercy. I am what I am. Wow. And His grace 
which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. So grace is given for you to work with the grace. All right. But I, I labored. All right. With what grace? I labored more abundantly than they all. Yes, not I. That's the point now. But the grace of God which was with me. Beloved, as we make efforts to fulfill the requirements of revival, to fulfill the steps of revival, let's understand it's by grace and by mercy. Your prayer is by grace. Your fasting is by grace. Your giving of yourself is by grace. Your making sacrifice is by grace. Your going out to witness evangelize is by grace. The moment you take grace out of the window and you're trying to do it yourself, you will weary yourself, you will forfeit yourself, you wonder, where is God in all this? Listen, grace is the lubrication of the engine of your life that makes the metals not rub to each other. It runs smoothly under grace. The same level you live on outside grace, but under grace, there is a multiplier effect. Some of grace and mercy. So there are requirements, but we'll fulfill them by grace. Otherwise, the requirement will scare you. But this revival is too hard. No, it is by grace. It is by grace. It is by grace we forge ourselves. It is by grace we seek His face. It is by grace we call upon Him. Somebody said, "Grace, grace, grace, grace." I trust God to not this hour to release added grace to our life for the journey ahead. Somebody once said, "It is grace that makes the race great." Grace. grace makes the race great. You will not faint. You will not tire. You will not be wearing well doing. You will enjoy to the end. May grace for resilience and same power be released upon this house today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, look at the life of Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians 12 verse 7. Second Corinthians 12 verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to prevent me, lest I should be exalted above measure. That's what we're going to do. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. So he had a prayer point. Deliver me from this situation, whatever it is. Delay, deny, whatever it is. Says, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Sufficient for thee. Now, that's not a statement of weakness. No, sir. No, it means I'm empowering you to gain victory what you're going through. My grace is sufficient for thee. That, oh, boy. That means my grace is stronger than your test. No oh boy. My grace is bigger than your delay. My grace is bigger than the trouble you're facing. My grace is so big you can handle what you're going through. Wow. It will carry you through it. You won't break down. You won't give up. That's grace. When the Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar fire, he said seven times, Grace was there, the fourth man in the fire, I believe, was a type of Jesus Christ in the fire. And when he was in the fire with them, there was so much grace that though the fire was burning, they were insulated and sealed by grace. 
my grace is sufficient for thee. Somebody received grace this morning. They tell me, I received grace, I received mercy to endure, to prevail, and overcome. I received grace, I received mercy to endure, to prevail, and overcome. Praise God. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon Wow. Beloved, mercy can be obtained. Grace can be obtained. And the whole concluded teaching, we look at ways to obtain mercy and obtain grace. In the words of Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 1 16, says, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy? Wow. To obtain, you can obtain it. <laughs> and trust the Lord that this day we are obtaining mercy. It, it's going to be handleable. You're going to walk out of this place that I, I, I encountered his mercy. I obtained it. To obtain it, you hold it tangibly, palpably. I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show of all long suffering for a pattern to them. Which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You know, it's interesting that Apostle Paul obtained his mercy not when he was qualified or deserving of it. He obtained mercy when he was a root to persecute the church. He encountered God by Damascus. So, as a bad boy, Encountered mercy. He obtained mercy. So the mercy of the Lord is not something per se you qualify for. Oh boy. Rather, it is what qualifies you for God. Mercy. Mercy. Somebody once said, God does not call the qualified, but God qualifies the called. The other way for you to be qualified per se based on human standards. No, sir. He calls you because he chose you. Then when he calls you based on his predetermined counsel, he qualifies you to him. Wow. So you don't qualify yourself. He qualifies you by his blood, by his mercy, by his grace. Otherwise, if you are qualified to be called, Ah, uh, you will share his glory with him. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, somebody. Romans 5 8 tells us, but God commended his love toward us that while we were yet what? Oh, come on, church. What were we? Righteous, born again, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. No, sir. While we were yet sinners, Christ. Died for us. So when we were undeserving of his death and his mercy, he paid the price. What manner of love? What manner of love? What manner of love? And now, is it now that you are in Christ, you think the message is still not speaking for you? It's when you are still in the world, not born again, the message spoke for you? 
preserved you from all kinds of accidents. You know Christ dead, yet somehow or the other, He kept you alive to be changed to the saving of your Christ. How much more now when you are in Christ? Somebody shall mercy three times. Mercy, mercy, and mercy. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that God is rich in mercy. Ephesians 2, 4 to 5. But God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we're dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ. With Christ. You know, mercy is not just something God shows. Love is not something God displays. Compassion is not just something God has to give, but He is mercy and grace personified. That's who He is. That's His nature. Mercy comes out of who He is. His loving kindness towards you when you were undeserving. That's He loved you and loved me first before we could love Him. Psalm 145, 8 and 9 says, The Lord is full of compassion. <laughs> He's full of it. He's slow to anger. He's slow to anger. His tender mercies are over all of His works. He's of great mercy. So, He's full of it. Full of mercy. Full of compassion. Full of love. That's who He is. Praise God, somebody. This morning, I believe that mercy, that grace, that love, that compassion is given out to somebody in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. We're getting there. The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Wow. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Wow. Love you and me with everlasting love that is drawn you with loving kindness and tender mercy towards him. Everlasting means inexhaustible. So we're in our context that his mercies are new every wicked one. Every wicked one is a deposit, a fresh deposit in your bank of mercy. It's inexhaustible. You see, you wake up in your mercy bank, boom, boom, boom. Daily goes with his mercy. Are you grateful? Mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints revival must be understood to be something the sovereign God would trigger out of his compassion and out of his love. We simply position ourselves to receive of it, but we don't create revival ourselves. He tears the water, we ride it. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2 13, scripture I love so much. For it is God which works, who works in us to cause us to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is the one working in you. He's working in you. Wow. Let us begin. God is working in me. <laughs> he is working in me. Yeah, he's working in me. Consistently, he's working in me. What is he doing within me? He's causing me to will. He even makes me to will. Will to pray. Will to love. Will to share. Will to give. Will to evangelize. He's the one making me to will. Praise God. He's literally willing me to will. That's a loving father. Not just that, he empowers me to do. Ah, that's win-win. He creates 
the will as it was that empowered me to do the will. Ah. To will and to do a what? Perfect good pleasure. Hallelujah, somebody. Give me three fire baptized. Hallelujah. 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 When God brings you to a house like this, that you literally touch His presence in worship, <laughs> literally, as you walk into the door, you can tell, I mean, His abode is literally resting here. You ought to be grateful. What? He's drawn you near to Him. Praise God. It's not because you're better than anyone else. Just by His loving kindness, He's drawn you near from the outer court to the holy place to the holy of holies. It's the mercy of the Lord. It's the grace of the Lord. To make you love Him, to want more of Him, to want to go deeper in Him, to go beyond the surface level where people are content, but you want to go deeper. You want to know more. What's the mercy of the Lord? Don't be arrogant about it. Don't be prideful about it. No, it's the mercy. Only God can draw a man to himself. Only God can open a man's eyes. Only God can cause scales to remove from the eyes of a person. Only God can remove veils from heart. Only God. So if it is touching you, if it is drawing you, be grateful. Be grateful. Not your power, not your mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. Beloved, it is so easy to be born again and fail to understand that the workings of grace under the New Testament is very different from the workings of law. You see, the law was given to us as a school master, the Bible calls it. It brings us to Christ. Right? Because Christ is the end of the law. He came not to erase the law, he came to fulfill the law and then to initiate a new system called grace. John 1.14 says that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came. How? By Jesus. Wow. So Jesus is grace and truth personified. Oh boy. Whilst we, we know that oftentimes mentally, we, we sometimes come under grace, but we still unfortunately allow ourselves to engage in a legal opposite system which tells you you have to work to earn something from God. Am I correct? You have to labor to earn a blessing. You have to work to earn your healing. You have to work to earn your blessing. You, you can't earn anything. It, 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 it came to you by grace. You receive it by faith. Not because we are saved by grace through faith. So it is grace that makes all of God's blessings available, but faith is that hand that receives what grace is available. Praise God. So you can't work hard enough for the blessing of the Lord. Here is scripture to bless you. Galatians 5 4. It is the, and then I read Amplified Classic. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are falling from grace. Here is an amplified classic. If you seek to be justified and declared righteous, very important, and to be given a right 
standing with God through the law, through legality, through legalism, through effort and toil. You are brought to nothing and so separated to hear from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, hear this, from God's gracious favor and unmerited blessing. It's unmerited. I know the mind can't comprehend it, but, but, but it's unmerited. You, you, you or, or I don't deserve it. What we do is we believe for it. We receive it. It is done deal. Receive it. Praise God, somebody. Praise God, somebody. We need to kick off the works mentality. They have to work and earn it. No. We can earn nothing. We can work for nothing. Not by power. Not by might. But by the Spirit of the Lord. If you teach how to accept the mercy of the Lord, and we're going to worship. Number one, we first need to understand that mercy is something that can never be qualified for. Not by effort, not by deed or otherwise. First point of call is understand I can deserve it. We read earlier in First Timothy one sixteen how Apostle obtained mercy. Number two, prayer is a key to access the grace of God. Hebrews four sixteen. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, the what that we may obtain mercy. Again now. Yes, yes. And find grace to help in the time of me. Three things there mercy, grace, and help. So when we pray, when we ask the Lord, as we do next week, Father Lord, show me mercy in this area, that area. He happens if you're praying in faith sincerely and mercy rushes into you on account of your prayer. Number three. We need to understand that what you sow as a person is what you reap ultimately. So, when you want to read mercy from God or from anybody else, be more deliberate and intentional to show others mercy. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Matthew 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain. See the word again, obtain. So, mercy and obtain. Obtain mercy. Hebrews 14, obtain mercy. First Timothy 1 Timothy uh, 1 10, obtain, obtain mercy. 1 to 7, obtain, obtain mercy. Now, see again, Matthew 5 7. For they shall obtain mercy. Mercy is obtainable by giving or showing it. Beloved, when you let go and you forgive others, you, you've not just blessed the person you forgive, you've shown a seed. You free yourself of the opportunity for the enemy to press in your heart. And at that, you show mercy, you will reap mercy. Praise God. Praise God. Number four, we engage in mercy by declaring it with our mouth, acknowledging, announcing God's mercy in my life. I'm, I'm walking with mercy. Lamentations 3 and 2, our text. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because we come back to the Lord. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Announce it. I'm walking in the mercy of the Lord. 
God's mercy is all over me. God's grace is absolutely over me. Number five, acknowledge the mercies you've experienced so far with gratitude and thanksgiving. We've learned before that thanksgiving is the application for more. What you thank God for now, get ready for more in the future. So when you ask, not only this today, and thank you for what is done today, uh, more mercy is about to be shown you. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. And of course, worship is one way that we move from the outer court, uh, uh, to the holy place, to the holy of holies. Prayer takes you there, but worship also takes you there. In the place of worship, you're in the throne room. Come both. Allah, in front of grace. In that place, literally, His mercy and His grace pours over you and His lavish over you. This morning we're going to pray very simply, but in addition, we're going to worship. And as we worship God, see yourself like a little child, a little baby, who you're saying, Father, Papa, carry me in your hand. My strength can carry me. My wisdom can carry me. My skill, my competence, my connection, my effort, my thought can carry me. Daddy, carry me. Like a little child who, who looks up to the mother or father and says, don't have to say much. Just, just like this, you know, the sign language. Daddy knows, pick me up. So this morning, in the place of worship, my posture, Daddy, pick me up. Strengthen me. Carry me. That was born here to the end of the year. It's a lot of barrage in people's minds. Will God do it? Has God done it? No, 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 no. Let me carry me. Listen, listen, listen. One day for the Lord is at a thousand years with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love Psalm 136. It's an anthem of the mercy of the Lord. The mercy of the Lord. The mercy of the Lord. It's all there in that time. But let's rise up on our people of God. Let's pray. And then we'll go into worship. Will you, where you are, lift your voice and ask the Lord on account of what you learned to show you mercy? There may be specific areas of your life that you know you deserve his intervention. Will you ask him sincerely? Oh, yeah, he's a loving father. No good thing will the Lord withhold from them that walk upright. No good thing. It's in your mercy. Remember blind Bartimaeus? Scream on the top of his voice. Now, son of me, have mercy upon me. Wow. Tell you about us. We're in prayer. We're in prayer. Let your prayer be heartfelt and sincere. Let him know that you've come to a point where your strength has failed. I need you. I need you. Desperate. Your intervention. As a church, we need you to carry us from here to there. It was there for us. Somebody pray. 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 Do I lead you? Go ahead and pray. Zika Balosa. Brasse Kemenia. Emberene, Emberene, Emberene. Boku Bara. Somebody cry out. Cry out. Cry out. In the place of worship, the heavens will open even wider. Just engage. Ah, Sabara. Thank you, Lord. You're here. You don't know Jesus. Not born again. The mercy he will show you is a mercy that brought you to him to encounter him in the new birth experience. You say, man, I'm going to pray with me. 
I desire to turn my entire life to the hands of Jesus. Will you pray this prayer with me in this room and those who are across the nation? Let's pray sincerely. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart, my master. I shall invite you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all of my sins. I turn my life in its entirety into your hands. For your safekeeping from now for all of eternity. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's read this profession together. Everybody together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the blood sacrifice of Jesus, made on my behalf, I declare I am blood washed. I am blood bought. I am delivered from the kingdom of darkness. I have been translated into the kingdom of life. This hour, my Father and my God, I cry out once again for your mercy. Lavish upon me your mercy and your grace. My strength has failed me. My capacity has failed me. My wisdom has failed me. But I know your mercy, your grace will never fail. As I worship you, I thank you for an outpouring of your mercy and your grace upon my life, individually, upon our lives, as an apostolic house, and a public center. Thank you, Jesus. I give you the praise and the glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.